This is the Home Run Porch on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. I'm Will Thompson. And I'm Kevin Kennedy. And we're taking over the airwaves for Derek Hanton and Couch Potato Radio today. Will, does that song give you goosebumps for the season? It does. The only thing that would give me more goosebumps is the uh, orchestrated version that's about the twins. And so yeah, so I, I gotta twins. find that. We tried to find that one day and we couldn't find it in our archives. It's gotta be around somewhere. It's elusive. We yeah. can find it, I bet, but it's, yeah. it's elusive. Yeah. So I would love to find that and just play that because it's a pretty good version. But, yes, I am itching for baseball. And uh, lucky for you and I and all baseball lovers out there, Kevin, tomorrow the Minnesota Twins play a game of baseball. They do. And they play your alma mater. The University of Minnesota. Yes, yes. University of Minnesota, which is cool. You know, this is very common that a lot of the college teams go down there for their own spring training and they play a lot of these sort of promo games with Major League Baseball teams and against each other and that sort of thing. I mean, that would have been kind of cool to to go down there and see that. You know, I'm sure they're going to – I'm sure the Twins will play 27 guys in the game. They'll go through a lot of players. It might be even more. It might be be even more. I was – this was one of the games that I had circled that if we were going to go to spring training, my father and I, um, Mm -hmm. which we didn't end up deciding to do that. We decided we're going to go to – the Hall of Fame induction of Joe Maurenstead. Good choice. Much better choice. I agree. Um, but I, I would have liked to have seen um, the Twins play the U of M, and I'm mm-hmm. sure one day in the future I will do it. Uh, that game, though, will not be managed by John Anderson. John Anderson, the uh, coach of the uh, University of Minnesota baseball program, been there since 1981, uh-huh. is in his final year. This is his final year. This will be his final year. Wow. My son in the 2000s, when he was young, we used to go to his baseball camp all the time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Went every year for oh, four or five years. It was a very good baseball camp. He had a winter baseball camp, too, in that, you know that dome that they have over by men's athletics? Oh, uh, yeah. The, the, the um, what do you call it? The dome? It, I don't know what they call it, but it's a dome, yeah. And we used to go in there and it'd be, you know, there'd be ice and stuff on the edges of the dome and stuff like that because of the but it was you know it was fine we were getting to play baseball and it was usually during christmas break so yeah i'd go in there and watch with my winter coat on watch him play baseball a number of major leaguers have come through under john anderson famously glenn perkins minnesota boy yeah went to the u of m Uh, i think the last one while Max Meyer is still in the minors, mm-hmm. drafted pretty highly overall by the Marlins out of the U of M, Taryn Varvra, uh, I believe, is the most recent debutee okay. in the uh, University of Minnesota's vast history of a lot of really good baseball. Yeah, you know, and they're a good program, but you know we're a northern state, that or they are a northern state, and it's hard to attract the sort of blue chip players. So you know they all go to. Florida and, and California, especially, those are the two places they go to play and, you know, with college programs. I mean, LSU has a good program. There's quite a few down along the south, but, you know, you want to play year-round, and so it's tougher to get those guys to come up there. So, When I went to the University of Minnesota, I commentated Gopher Baseball, and the first 27 games every year mm-hmm. were played at U.S. Bank Stadium because it was too cold. Because it was too cold, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get people up for the Minnesota winters. Well, and I'll, and they have a nice little stadium there. They do. You know, I've yeah. I've seen games there before, and they – and John Anderson, I think, is a good coach. Well, obviously, 40-some years. That's – you just don't go that long unless you got something going on, which is, which is great. His assistant was the catcher coach, and he used to be John's coach when we'd go to 
because he always did the catcher portion of the camp and stuff like that. And, and Anderson used to just kind of walk around and talk and and then kind of give a little speech of the rah rah speech to the kids. He wasn't as hands on as as all the assistants were, and a, and a lot of players were there too, which was kind of cool. So he, he used to get autographed baseballs from the players and stuff like that. So. So that'll yeah. be a fun one. Um, yeah. We're not carrying it on KFGO, uh, but you can find it many other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on Saturday, then, I'm looking at the board right now, noon, the Pittsburgh Pirates will take on the Minnesota Twins, and we will be carrying that on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 it's KFGO. It's crazy that we're already going to have baseball games on the radio. I'm going to tune into that because they're also playing Boston on Sunday. You know, the first games is – they play the starters. Sometimes they don't even play them, but if they play them, they play them two, three innings or something like that. But, you know, it's it's just it's fun to get you back in the mood. It's fun to just kind of see what they're doing, and the, you know, they talk to the players and stuff like that. They pull them out of the game. Oh, I'm working on this, and I'm working on that. I mean, the big thing I'm going to be watching for is to see uh, uh, what, what's up with Buxton. Mm-hmm. I just, I just before we came on the radio, I was looking um, the the top 12 stories – on CBS Sports, the top 12 stories of spring training for the first week, number eight was Buxton. And I think everybody in the Twins organization, certainly in us up in the upper Midwest Twins territory, uh, is watching that. But I got to believe a lot of people across the league are thinking, okay, is this guy going to be hold out? You know, I think it's 50 50. You absolutely think he will. I hope he will, but I don't think he will. I just don't think his body's up to it. And we'll have to see it. Yeah. It's one of those that we'll believe it when we see it. And I'm ready to believe and I'm ready to see. And uh, we'll just have to have to have it happen. He's apparently going to get into the game in center field sometime in the next week is what Rocco Good. was saying. So. Good. You got to get it right away. You can't yeah. drag that out. And, and that's what the problem was last year. They kept dragging it out and they didn't pull the plug on him until August, which, which I think everybody realized long term was a mistake. And they should have. You know, Michael A. Taylor is as great as he is as a backup. What did we figure? We played, he played 135 games or something like that last year, which he should not be playing that many games. He should be playing 60 games. Yeah. You know, and coming in late in games and, and stuff like that. Still so, a free agent. Uh, rumors are that the Twins are, are interested in potentially mm-hmm. bringing him back as a, a last addition to the offseason. But other former AL Central players have been signing today yeah there's been some movement on the signing wire or trade wire or whatever you call it and you've you always keep your eye on that so you had some good stuff that you told me earlier yeah tim anderson one year five million going to the marlins joining I, i'm Gordon. not sad to see him go but boy he was terrible last year yeah really really bad i got his stats pulled up here one home run 245 average with a sub 300 on base percentage and a sub 300 slugging percentage now a little bit in his defense, that team was terrible. Yes. But, which, you know, kind of goes everywhere on the, on the you know, you're not getting the pitches you want. But he was one of the marquee players in baseball just like two or three years ago. Yeah, consistently hit over 300. Yeah. Um, had more power than he displayed last year. Um, Marlon's certainly hoping that he bounces back. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. It's a, it's a pillow contract one year five million uh it was a 14 million dollar club option that the white Sox uh decided to to buy anderson out of for one million dollars instead of uh paying him a whole 14 million so he's losing how old is he do you know yeah 30 he'll be he's 30 30. so he's not out of his his peak years yeah i you know maybe he had one bad year i I always he was a fun player to watch i hated watching against the twins because he always seemed to do well against us yeah um, and he was always the the, the thing. Maybe well, maybe they put him behind uh, 
Luis Arias down there and, and Luis is on base and they got a pitch to him, you know, maybe they can't pitch around him. That becomes a thing. We'll see. I, I'm not sorry to see him go. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yes, I am also not sorry to see him go. Um, if I was behind the board right now, I'd uh, I'd play the uh, down goes Anderson <laughs> yeah. audio. You got any uh, former Twins players got any news on? Yes, Gio Urshela, who oh, we yes. uh, employed not last season but the one before, mm-hmm. traded him to Los Angeles. Now he's a free agent, but no more. He has signed with the Detroit Tigers. Oh, so we're going to see him then. Yep, yep. Uh, the details include uh, incentives on top of a one point five million dollar contract. Uh, he'll get he'll get some hundred thousand, uh, another hundred thousand here and there if he gets over five hundred plate appearances, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he can make uh, at most uh, two million dollars. Geo didn't have a super great uh, season last year either. Of course, they kind of stretched him a little bit. Started eight games at shortstop. Uh, I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Um, played him at second as well, a little bit at third with Rendon. How many games hurt. did he play for them last year? Then uh, let me pull it up. Gio. I mean, I, I remember I I remember him playing for us, and I, I'm I don't remember how many games he even played for us, but he played a chunk. I remember that he played 144 for us, the, which was a career high for him the year before. The year 20, before, 2022. Yep. Okay. Last year with the Angels, only 62 games. Okay. Batted just a hair under 300, uh, with absolutely no power though. Um, a slugging percentage of 374, and an on base that's just a hair below that. So, eh, you yeah, know. Tigers, Tigers trying to add some depth, trying to do something. I can get behind it. Um, I certainly enjoyed seeing Gio Urshela, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, he's he's a, it'll be interesting to watch him play and get to act. You know, it's it's one thing when you see former player, Twins players play on other teams, you get to see him come through Target Field. That'll be kind of cool. You know, he's always a guy I liked. You know, so what else you got for? For signings, anything? Well, I'm going to actually complete the theme of uh, former AL Central oh, players first. Okay. Uh, Eric Hosmer has decided oh, yeah. to retire. Um, oh. It's been a year or so since he was on the, the major league field. I don't think he played at all last year in the majors mm-hmm. and officially deciding to uh, to hang it up. He was one of the marquee guys in Kansas City when they had their title run. Mm-hmm. Um, went to the Padres on a big contract and, uh, and didn't really ever get things going in San Diego. How old is he? Uh, 34, okay. so he's a little uh, yeah. older. Um, so he's gone from the MLB. Someone else gone from the MLB, though. Hinjin Ryu has just signed the largest contract in KBO history. KBO standing for Korean Baseball Organization? Yeah. Something like that? Something like that. Okay. Uh, he signed for an eight-year contract worth 17 billion won. 17 billion won? Yes. That must be an insane amount of money. Well, 12.4 million. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's not bad if it's a one-year salary for uh, a former ace. So but... you're telling me a McDonald's hamburger in Korea, in Seoul, South Korea is a, is a thousand won or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you okay. could probably, well, I don't know. I, I, the dollar goes a long ways yes. in Korea, yes, 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 I would yes, yes. say. Um it also has some unspecified uh, opt-out provisions, so he might not be under contract. Was for eight he not years. getting the success he was looking forward to in the, in in American Major League Baseball? Is that why he's going back? I mean, because you, you see that a lot with 
the, the Korean and the Japanese players, they come here, they have their good years here, and then they start to wind down and they go back there so they can finish out their career there. Was he on the downslope? Because he played for, what, the Dodgers and the Blue Jays, I think, last year. Yeah, well, last uh, he signed originally by the Dodgers, played six years there, and then four years in Toronto. Okay. Last year he was injured quite a bit. He uh, only started okay. 11 games. But he was really good in those 11 games. In fact, it was, uh, the, it was the best he uh, had played since he was uh, third in the Cy Young voting for Toronto back in his first season. Uh, that was coming off of a second-place Cy Young finish with the uh, the Dodgers in 2019. That was his best season. Uh, but, yeah, he pitched pretty well, uh, about 23% better than league average um, last hmm. year when he pitched. How old is he? 36, so a little older. Contract. So he's on the down slope. I, I, I see that then. I see that guy, you know, a guy wanting to go back to his home country. Playing for, he's going back to his original team, correct? Yeah, the Eagles, the uh, the Hanoi Eagles, okay. Hanwa. I'm so I am butchering going, yeah. that. <laughs> so he's going back to his country and playing his twilight years in front of his his original. I I get that, yeah. I, you know. And when you get 17 billion Juan, you know, it's a lot of Juan. It's a lot of Juan. Um, we're gonna be back in a sec, but I got a preview. There's been some crazy, um. Stuff we got to talk it, and to the point where I think we want if if listeners would like to text in and give us their two cents on this, we've got uh, uh, there's some universe uniform controversy that definitely needs to be discussed, and uh, I've seen pictures and they're not pretty, so we'll do all that and more. Come up on the home run porch. I think I could dance to this song, and I am not a good dancer, but I think me and Danza Kaduro could be a thing. Kevin was dancing for all <laughs> you listening out there and unable to see us. Yes. I, I get behind the board, and I, I play that song every time we do the Home Run Porch because I just, my son turned me on that song, and I had never heard of it. And of course, you're like, yeah, I've heard of that song. <laughs> uh, we are the Home Run Porch taking over Couch Potato Radio. We are back. Um, there has been quite a bit of, uh, Will Will follows all this sort of esoteric aspects of baseball he loves contracts he loves um guaranteed portions and and trade rumors and and the minor leagues and the the prospects and all this stuff and he looks into it in in depth in ways that just befuddle me um but he got my interest peaked when he comes running into the studio uh, about 5 30 before when we were planning our show he comes running and he goes have you seen the new baseball pants and I said, I have not. Why don't you tell us what's going on, what the controversy is, Will? So the pants are see-through is the big problem. There, there's several problems, actually. Let me let me not oversimplify. So mm-hmm. the first problem is that they appear to be see-through. Yeah. And uh, if, you, if you look it up right now, go, go on Google. And after you go and look at it, text in at 35270. Let us know your thoughts. Um, but you can see the Mariners. It's a good example. Oh, you can just see the jersey tucked in. When we first looked at it, I said, oh, those are like their compression shorts underneath. And then we scrolled down, looked at a couple more pictures, and you go, no, that's their shirt tucked in. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And it, it looked like before it looked like a, they were wearing a diaper beneath their uniform. It does. Yeah. It's, it, oh, it, it's yeah. bad. It is bad. It's not a good look. Um, so the, the see-through aspect of it, the MLBPA, the Players Association, yeah. They're complaining about it. They're saying, look, we need pants that are not this yeah. embarrassingly like thin. Yeah, it's it's an issue, apparently. And they, they look ridiculous. 
Um, I, I just they got to fix this. Why is this such a hard thing to to fix? I don't understand. Well, okay, let's put a pin in that because I don't even understand why this is a problem. Yeah, but this is a problem. It's not just the see through aspect too. They're not fitting right. Players mm-hmm. have been complaining about the fits. There's only five different pant fit, and mm-hmm. none of them are uh, being tailored to players. They they used to have pants and, and jerseys tailored. It's got to be some material. Yeah, that's different than. What they were using before. I mean, because cotton, you, you you don't necessarily see through. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're they're using the the yoga pant material or something like that, so it's stretches and stuff like that. But if that stuff gets too thin, you can see everything. It, it is a uh, a new material. Okay. Um, and let's see if I. It's like Nike Prime Stream or something like that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're supposed to be lighter. And more mobile, you know, you can move a little more flexibly mm-hmm. in them. Uh, but what seems to be the case is that they just fit weird and you can see right through them. And the Cincinnati Reds are saying that they haven't gotten a single pair of pants yet. <laughs> so they don't even have pants. I, I mean, at least with see-through pants, you're wearing pants. Yes, yeah, true. The Reds true. don't have any pants. And, and I don't know what the problem is. So Kevin and I were talking off air. We're four years into Nike's contract. Yeah. Why is it just now becoming a thing? I, I mean, is it just that it's the weird new material? Is that the problem? I, you know, the, the football has, I would say, sort of figured this out. They, they've Football has embraced the new uniforms, but then they'll do the, the one game or two games of retro jerseys and stuff like that. And then the, every once in a while they'd have some hideous one, and you think, okay, that was a miss. But as a rule... You know, they would tweak the, the uniforms each year, and you, you would still see what you liked about the uniforms, stuff like that. And I was mentioned to you off air. I, I said, you know who they figured it out was the University of Oregon, like 10 years ago, signed that big contract with Nike, and they had a different uniform every game. I was like, wow, these are really impressive. Mm-hmm. And then I find out that, oh, this contract's with Nike, and they've had it going for four years, and this is the best they can come up with. So I don't know. When, and so the redesign has gone terribly. I, I, I would say jettison all that. I don't care how much they invested in this new lightweight material. <laughs> yeah. Get it out of here. Yeah. It's not working. And just go back to what you were doing before. Nobody was complaining about the uniforms last year. It was Nike and Fanatics. What What is the the team deals that they have with these guys? Because what would stop them from just using last year's uniforms, which were great, and saying, we're going to use last year's pants, which they sure must still have in the clubhouse. That's what the Reds are doing. Yeah. They're using last year's pants. Yeah, so, so I don't know. You know, and I know that they have – I know that it, it's a player preference thing. So a lot of players have gone to the the full-length pant that goes all the way down to the shoe. And then you have the guys that really like the just over the knee, and they've got the full sock on. You can see that I actually like that look a lot. And then you've got the old school one that's like midway down the calf, and so there's, so there's different lengths, and the play, that's a player preference thing. But they've got the pant color in all those different lengths for the players, so whatever they they prefer. And some of the players wear the old stirrup st- style, and some guys just wear the solid color sock. I like all that. I like that. That's sort of an individual thing. And I know that the starting pitcher gets to pick the jersey color, and certain play, certain pitchers are like, I really like. Um, I'm trying to figure out who was on the Twins, but they really liked the red jersey. And it's like, okay, you knew when he pitched, we're always going to have the red jersey, which I thought the red, reds were great. Um, but 
Are they is the requirement is this a league deal that they've signed that they have to all wear these pants or can they just say, no I'm not wearing them. I I mean no. I think as long as they match, who's gonna call? I mean the umpire's not gonna be staring at no, your pants. No I don't I can't like, that would be like a league fine or something. it's like Jordan wearing the non-white Jordan Air Jordans back in the eighties when they filed find him. I I don't know what the deal is. It's just such a weird thing that this is. We 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 were on. We looked at four different teams, and every we there was a great picture of Shohei, and we're like, it looks like Shohei wet himself. Yeah, it <laughs> does. It's it's a terrible look. Yeah. So I don't know why this has been such a story over the off season. It seems like a simple thing, but we've gotten article after article after mm-hmm. article about the jerseys, and now the pants. The pants are. I'm waiting for the hats. Oh gosh, yeah. what's what's going to be the hat controversy? I. It, I think it's one of those things where they sell, they make so much money on selling memorabilia. They make so much money just off you, Will Thompson, <laughs> of from selling jerseys and replica jerseys and stuff. So I get that. So they change it. I was, when I was out in New York, uh, I went into the MLB store and I couldn't, first of all, I couldn't believe how many people were in there and everything was expensive and people were just buying every single jersey. And I, all I wanted was a simple Luis Arias, Miami Marlins t shirt. And they didn't have that. And I, the woman I asked, I goes, oh, do you have Luis Rice? She goes, I have no idea who that is. And I said, I actually looked at her and said, well, he plays for the Miami Marlins. And she goes, I'm not sure what team that is. And I said, you work in the MLB store. <laughs> but that, you know, they're a bunch of 17-year-olds. So Didn't you have, also have a story about a guy folding Jackie Robinson? He was folding Jackie Robinson. And Jackie's one of my heroes. And he played before I was born. So the whole, And so a, a black kid. And, and so I talked to another another a black guy that was working there, and I was walk up and I said, "Oh, you know, because I was in New York, and I thought maybe I'll get a Brooklyn Dodgers, an old throwback jersey and stuff like that." And they had some cool Jackie Robinson like prints on shirts that were like jerseys with these pictures and stuff. They were really cool. And I said, "Well, what do you got for Jackie Robinson?" He goes, "Uh,", uh and I could tell he had no idea who I was talking about. And he goes, "Well, let's go ask this other guy." And we walk over to another guy who was folding shirts to go on the shelf. And he goes, do we have, what's the guy again? He goes, I said, Jackie Robinson. He goes, yeah, I don't know who that is. And he was folding shirts that had pictures and name of Jackie Robinson on them while I asked him that. It was crazy. That's uh, that's one of those no child left behind yeah. situations. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got to talk about the jersey thing. I pointed this out to you, and this uh, this is not my favorite thing. And you were slightly defending it, but I don't think you were whole-handed. So, some teams have now gone to uh, advertising on the jerseys. And we looked, we saw two of them. We saw the uh, Kansas City Royals have a quick trip QT on the sleeve. That's the new one this year. That's the new yep. one. Yep. And then we went down to the Mets one, which is the Presbyterian uh, Children's Hospital. Yeah, Children's yeah. something, New York Presbyterian Hospital, something like that. Yeah. Which was this big square patch. They're wearing pinstripes, but they've got the square patch on the arm and I'm like oh why are we doing this so that one was last year they deb- debuted it last year I believe and um yeah I mean the thing I like about the Mets one is that it's it's white and red and it's kind of more in the color scheme the the red quick trip logo you match on, nothing of the of the Kansas City oh well, yeah it stands out like a sore thumb and not in a good way you know I, I look at like the Milwaukee Bucks jerseys with the Harley mm-hmm. Davidson logo on it it stands out in like a good way okay do we okay so obviously we're heading towards NASCAR suits where these guys have forty-seven different stickers on them or whatever they are sewn on. Do, do we have to monetize everything? Does everything have to be a way to make a nickel more? Can't we just have the? 
I mean, we you pointed out that there's the Nike swooshes on there, and I go, okay, but that's a little bit different because that's the maker of the jersey, just mm-hmm. like a shoe. You know, it, the swooshes on the shoe. So okay, but you know, where does it stop? I don't know. I, it really kind of bugs me. I only think. I think it should only be one. I, if you're gonna have a logo on it, that's that's they're gonna sponsor it. You can't you can't put 14 businesses on your jersey. I well, don't I, you know what are they gonna do? The next thing will be on the hip, and they'll have you know. Right. I, don't know. I guess maybe one on the pants and one on the the shirt too. That that's as far as I'm willing to go though. We we get the who made the jersey, one on the shirt, one on the pants. I will accept no more. Oh, you what? You watch. There's gonna be something on the back of the the. Uh, Back of the hat, yeah, and then we're gonna have something printed on each base. Some each group will buy a base, and then we'll have a sky view down shot of the guy running across, so we can see the the commercial thing. I mean, we already have the outfield walls and that sort of thing. I, I don't know. I, I'm curious what other people think. Three five two seven zero. You can text us into our text club. I I'm not a big fan of the the over advertising. And, and granted, you know, it's a money grab. When when my son played post two baseball. You know, it was a way for them to raise money to play, so they could pay their expenses. But baseball's making a lot of money. I don't. They're not. They're not suffering for money. Do we have to monetize everything? Well, and uh, coming up in the next segment, we'll talk about expansion a little bit. If they ex- add two teams, the owners are going to get four billion dollars into their pockets. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't. I don't think there's a need. I think they have enough money. Yeah. Yep. Well, you're listening to the Home Run Porch on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Listening to the Home Run Porch on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Will Thompson and Kevin Kennedy filling in for Derek Hansen and Couch Potato Radio. Kevin, you just saw some breaking news in the last couple minutes. Yes, this was put on uh, the internet about eight minutes ago by Sports Illustrated, and the headline is Carlos Correa says twins are focused on winning the championship. Now, that's not a controversial headline. Uh, because you should be focused on that every year, of course. But basically, he he is saying in the article, I just skimmed it really quickly, and he's basically saying that he thinks all the elements are there for them to win the championship, which, you know, he's, I mean, I we can argue who our marquee player is, but certainly the argument can be made that he is. And he said the best thing about him in the offseason was that he didn't have to focus on free agency. That was not something taken on his mind. He says all I was focused on was getting stronger, healing up, and being ready for this season. So I don't know if that means him. We've never, he's never had a great April. He's notorious for having a weak April. And last year he had a week, April, May, June, and July, which really didn't help things, even though we were in first place for almost all of that. Um, so yeah, that's good news. I, I, the fact that he's saying that and he's saying in the national publication is something. You know? I agree. Yeah, it is. It, he's not the type of person to, um over exaggerate no um he's a very realistic person and he has no reason to lie or over exaggerate he's here for at least this year and four more maybe four more after that four more as well so i i believe him when he says that he looks in that locker room and he sees a championship caliber team Mm -hmm. i believe him 100 percent. and i look at that team i see it too Uh, this is a team that can compete there's a there's a famous story 
Carl Keel, who used to be the first base coach of the Twins back in the 80s, um, pulled aside. I think it was before um, Puckett joined the team. So he pulled up, uh, aside the nucleus. So it would have been Gaiety, Herbeck, Bernanski, uh, Gagne. He pulled those guys aside, and he says, you guys have never played on a champion. And we were terrible in the early 80s. He said, we have the makings of a championship team with this nucleus of guys. And Ken Herbeck tells a story about how he had never really thought of that before because he grew up in Minnesota. And, and, you know, Minnesota was good, but they, they never really were in the discussion for the World Series except in 65. And he said that was the first time we could see it. And if there are guys on the team that are seeing that, that means something, especially a guy that's he's won the world. How many times World Series rings does he have? He has one, just one, yeah, just the yeah, one. Okay, just the one. Um, and he's been there, and he knows what that's all about and stuff like that. So, boy, that's saying something. It know? is. First step is to visualize it, and they are. Yeah, they're sitting there visualizing. I like it. Um, back to the league, though, at large. Uh, Rob Manfred uh, early last week was talking about how he would like to see a plan in place. Uh, for expansion to 32 teams before he retires in 2029. Oh, I think that's doable. Oh, it's we're, definitely doable. We're at 30 doable. right now, right? Yeah, so uh, add two teams in, in an expansion draft coming up. Now, I will go on record, and I've said this on the air here and on the fan before, I believe that there are a lot of really good cities that could be host teams. Are there some that are sort of at the front of in the running? Yes, there are. And I'll, I'll list off all these uh, in a second here, but I, I think because there's so many good cities... Mm-hmm that you got to look at adding six teams. Just add one team to every division. Yeah, you've division. said that before. I'm a big proponent of that. And it'd be good for the owners, too. Adding two teams is going to put $4 billion, with a B, into the pockets of the owners. Mm-hmm. Why not make yeah, it that's 12? Let's do 12. Why that's not 12? crazy. So, uh, according to The Athletic, um, it looks like Salt Lake City, uh, Portland, and Nashville are... The three top contenders. The top contenders. Yeah, Portland already has a stadium. They built it. To, to draw an MLB franchise, like I think like an like MLB size stadium, not a not a triple A size stadium. Yep, an oh, MLB size okay. stadium. It's got amenities. It has uh, um, who plays a there? Is there, is there is there a triple A team that plays there right now? I believe it's double A, okay. uh, but I don't know off the okay. top of my head. I think it's the Portland Pickles. I think they're a double A team. Okay, I'm not sure though off the top of my head. But but there's a lot of other. Well, so Portland's a a good contender because yeah. of that reason. Salt Lake City, uh, they believe they can pretty quickly build some some infrastructure there. Mm-hmm. Nashville, uh, for a while now, has had an ownership group or a shadow ownership group that wants to be an ownership mm-hmm. group, however you want to say it. Um, so that's kind of why those three are the big contenders. You know, Nashville's curious to me, and, and, and for weird reasons. I, I always think of Nashville like I think of, of uh, Las Vegas. Mm. It, it, that seems like a tourist city because of Grand Ole Opry and country music and all that, that sort of thing. So I always think of... You know what? What is the fan base in a in a city that's really built on tourism? Because, you know, I I'm not going to go to Nashville to see baseball. I'm going to go to Nashville to go to the Grand Ole Opry. You know, stuff like that. Same thing with Vegas. You're going to go to the, the casinos. You're not going. Oh, I'm going there for now. They they've had a football. They have a football team there, and they're going to have a baseball team there. We still don't know how that's going to work, and if that's because right now they have a AAA stadium there, right? Correct. Yeah. And and the, and the thing about and they have the funding to and uh, the plans to build a major league stadium. Is it going to have a dome on it? Because yes, yeah, because it, you can't play major league baseball in Vegas during the day. You no, just can't. It's it's, not it's insane no. to think that you can do that. Yeah. Um. So when when Oakland 
And it just felt like a typical Oakland thing to say, oh, we're going to go there just because we, we have some leverage and we want more money. But, yeah, so we don't even know where they're playing this year, the A's. No, they they don't know yet. Um, I've heard tra- it's gonna be, it could be a combination. Yeah, they're trying to get back into the Odako. I don't think that's going to work. It might be say Sacramento. Could be some AAA teams across. We'll see what happens with that. But there's a, a handful of other cities that could be good expansion candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, this ESPN article I'm looking at uh, has compiled a bunch of them. Uh, another Texas team, Austin or San Antonio, both good candidates. Um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Mexico City going international. I can see a uh, a North Carolina team. Yeah, you, you know, actually, if we're going to go international, one of the obvious ones would be something like Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is one that I've advocated yeah. for. That would be crazy because so many players are from Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. um, and I gotta believe that that island could sustain it. Uh, major league team. I think it could. They, they have you a know. stadium that they sell out pretty regularly. Seventeen. I believe thousands uh, fans. Okay, if you can sell that out, you're already making more money than the A's were making. So, oh yeah, there you um, go. another international one. Montreal deserves a team again. Um, yeah, and I don't know all the particulars of why they that whole thing went bust the way it did, and you know went to and the Nationals have done well. I, I saw the Nationals in their early seasons. I'm a, I'm a I've been to that stadium. It's a great stadium. It's a great ballpark experience. They've had some success there. But I would be open to that. Another Montreal. I don't know where else up there. Nashville, as I mentioned. Orlando, Florida, another Florida team. Um, Portland, I mentioned as well. Uh, another North Carolina one, Raleigh, uh, Raleigh instead of Charlotte. I think I gotta Raleigh believe makes more one sense. one Carolina team would be enough. I'd, it'd yeah. be weird to, to put two down in that area and try to sustain that. Yeah, that'd be a little much. Yeah. Um, another California team, San Jose, thrown out there. Okay, um, which is pretty close to to San Fran and Oakland, that would be a kind of a weird one to put a team there after the Oakland debacle. But And then, of course, Salt Lake City I mentioned. So, I, I mean, there's – I'm counting this up now. This seven, eight, nine. There's this ten or so right there. So they don't mention Fargo there as having an MLB team, huh? No, not Fargo, North Dakota. I guess okay. not. I've um, always thought we would be a good place for, like, a double-A team. Yeah. I mean, we have the Red Hawks, which is great. But we could sustain a double A team, even or a single A. I think it'd be tough to do a triple A, but but a double A, I think we could. Double A would make a lot of sense. Um, I think that the Red Hawks just do too well uh, that yeah. it wouldn't make financial sense for well, them. Well, that to... was true of the Saints too, and now they're a triple A. Yeah, but triple A is different, and, and being triple A in the same metro as yeah. the major league team, I'm sure that they're doing better by virtue of being a triple A yeah. team. I wonder if are other teams tried to do that. I mean, I. I remember when they, they were, that, that happened, having it in the metro area just seems cra- it seemed crazy to me, but now it seems like a great deal. And you've even talked about, you've done the two games in one day, and you said that was so successful, the Twins are going to push that a bunch of t- times this season. Yeah, eight times this season. It's going to be uh, two times every uh, the first four months of the season. So I recommend it. Go to a, a, a Twins game and then head over to St. Paul and catch the Saints. What's, okay, so games one to four, and then... You go get a bite to eat, and then you're in the games at seven over in St. Paul. Yeah, or six, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I have not seen it. I've been in the stadium, but I have not seen a game there yet in in St. Paul. Uh, pretty good experience there. Yeah. Uh, no nets, so you do have to be on on alert because uh, the balls will come flying at you. Uh-huh. But no, it's it's a good time. I, I, I it's a great stadium. I highly recommend. I it. would I, that would be something I would do. Do the the two games in one day, and plus get to see all those players. 
uh, playing over there that you know are on rehab assignments are going to be up on the team soon. Yeah. Well, this has been the Home Run Porch on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Will Thompson and Kevin Kennedy taking over for Couch Potato Radio and Derek Hansen. We'll see you next time.